church, right? Man, give it up for Jesus this morning. Let's go. Give it up for Jesus. Man, I love, love, love. I talk about it all the time. I love our worship here because it's so authentic and so real and so celebratory that we just come and gather as a church and sing his praises, right? Come on, church, give it up. Give it up. We're all about singing his praise. We're all about pointing people towards Jesus and making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And I got, you know, I just love this morning we have this opportunity to come together and sing his praises and continue to celebrate life change by Jesus Christ. You know, life change, you know, the light's not on this week, which we need to be praying. I'm going to challenge you to pray this week that someone will come to the knowledge that they need to surrender life to Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do. But life changes more than salvation. Life changes people walking with Jesus, taking the next step. As we get into Scripture, God reveals the things that we need to change. That is Jesus doing that work, right? Amen? All right, so come on, give it up for Jesus again this morning. If you're new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are here. We, uh, my name is Rich. I have the privilege to be one of the pastors on staff here, and we are stoked that you're here this morning. We hope that when you walked in that you were made to feel welcome and wanted, and you come back and hang with us another Sunday. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're all about Jesus, so we're going to chase this life with and for Jesus Christ. Uh, this church, open your Bibles. Let's get into this morning. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. If you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in, you'll find on page 8, as we continue to step in this series called Crazy Faith. You know, I had put this bookmark in my Bible this morning, and it's one of our old invite cards that says, this could change your life forever, and this is what I believe about this series, this could change your life forever. Faith. Faith is the foundation of pretty much everything we do in life. As we started this series, we walked through this idea that we live by faith every single day in so many little things that we don't pay attention to, that it just happened, we move through, we don't recognize it. But something happens, something changes when we bring this word faith and we look at it through the lens of Scripture. When we look at the word faith through the lens of Scripture, and we, we, what we find is God we did, brings from this almighty, powerful God, right? And he changes everything. He magnifies what is possible, and then what the end of it is absolutely limitless. What he can do is nothing short of amazing. So as we walk through this series, faith can go from something we barely pay attention to to, to a very important, intentional part of our lives, Think about it in our relationship with Jesus. In Jesus, we are called to live by faith. Faith not in ourselves, not of ourselves, not our own abilities, but leaning in, completely trusting in God that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, and we surrender our lives to him. Friends, that takes faith, right? And that faith is not just at that moment. That faith becomes a lifestyle for us, how we're called to live, continue to come before him, continue to let him lead our lives through that amazing word called faith. You know, when we do that, when we give our life to Jesus Christ, our faith is born, right? We talked about last week that it's baby faith. Baby faith, taking God at his word, depending on him, trusting him, and coming for him and asking him. And that becomes the building blocks for us to continue to move forward in this relationship, moving towards crazy faith. Now, my guess is that many of you have been walking through this series. This is week three of this series. And you, you want to begin this crazy faith life. You want to take this step. You want to move into this amazing journey with Jesus, but you need some more answers. 
you have some more questions. You're not fully there yet. You're like, man, I really want to do this, Rich, but I'm not quite sure. And as I think through this, I think through this, I think the biggest question that comes to mind is how? How do we know? How do we know what God is calling us to? How do we know that it's God that's calling us to? How do we know that it's God and not the tacos we ate for dinner last night? I mean, for reals, right? How do we know? I, I mean, I joke but the, about the question, but the answer is very, very simple. You can't. You can't. You can't know on the outside an outset of a faith step, that it's 100% exactly what you're supposed to do. You absolutely can't. And that right there may frustrate many of you in this room. You're like, I want crystal clean glass clarity of what God is calling me to before I take the next step. And the fact that I don't have it, I'm not going to take it. You want to understand fully what God is doing. And so you don't move beyond this idea of taking a faith step because you want all the answers up front. Let me just tell you, friends, if that's where you sit, you'll never move into a life of crazy faith. Right? You can never, if you can figure it out, it's not faith. If you have all the facts before you move forward, it's not faith. If God puts a yellow brick road and you're waiting for it to all the bricks being placed, that is not faith. Friends, faith is simply this. Faith starts where our understanding ends. Faith starts where our understanding ends. So as we're getting ready to move forward, we don't know all the answers, but we feel God's calling. That is the step of faith. You know, and as I was praying through this morning, trying to Ask God, like, show me this series, show me this message this morning, maybe yours. And, and I'm sitting here talking to him, praying this morning, sitting in my chair, having my cup of coffee, and he says, Rich, I'm going to use you as an example. I'm like, stop it. I'm no longer talking to you, right? I'm going to use you as an example because sometimes I am praying with God, and I'm talking about some stuff that he's calling me to, calling us to as a church, calling us to in life. As a, and God, I say, God, you know me. I'm thick-headed, right? Don't pay attention too much. So, God, I need it really, really clear. God, make it so clear that you, it feels like a two-by-four. Hit me upside the head. I kid you not, I pray that all the time. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be talking about this thing, maybe faith this morning. You want all the facts up front. You want me to show you clarity. How about you start, stop praying that prayer and start taking some steps forward? I unfriend you, right? <laughs> Come on. So this is what we're called to do, step in. You know, faith starts where understanding ends. Before we get into this, I want to take a quick sidestep because I think this is crucial for us to understand. There is one very simple truth that we can understand to know that it's not God. One very simple truth, and that's this. God's will will never contradict God's word. All right? God's will for your life, what he's calling you to, would never contradict what it says in his word. So if you think you're like, God's calling me to this, he's, he's calling me to do that, he's calling me out of this, is a crazy step of faith. And if you bring it back to scripture and God says no, then it's not God. Okay? He will never, he'll never bless anything, he'll never call you to anything that's contradict to his word of truth. This is the truth. The world is telling us there's all sorts of levels of truth, and this may be truth. This is the truth. 
So if you feel like God is calling you out, bring it back, run it through the scripture, and you'll know if you need to take that step or not. You with me on that? But for many of us, we want to understand everything before we do anything. The truth is that's not faith, that's control. You can have faith, and you can have control, but you can't have both. Too often we want to trust our plan over his process. We'd rather be independent than dependent on him. Again, faith starts when our understanding ends. What God will be calling us to will never, ever be a sure thing in the beginning. You may be feeling it, we'll be getting some God's calling, we're reading scriptures, confirmation of some people, but it's never going to be a 100% forward. And as we step forward, as we look at what God's calling to, friends, there's always going to be a gap. There's always going to be a gap from our understanding where his promises are made. We're going to come right to the ledge, and there's going to be that space, and we're going to be like, oh, oh, oh I don't know. I don't know. If I, right? You're right there. Right? And what we do is we get to that ledge where God's calling us to move forward, and instead of trusting that God's on the other side or believing him, he may, may be him, we keep on driving our own stuff in that gap. We're like, I'll wait till I have more money. I'll wait till I learn this new skill. I'll, I'll put my own stuff, my talent, my ability, my stuff. That's what's going to fill the gap. Well, that doesn't work. I said this last week, and it's still true today, the sole bridge between the deep-driven doubt and the human condition and the all-sufficiency of God is faith. Faith fills the gap. You with me on that? So this morning, with that idea, I want to reintroduce you a very powerful word for life. It's a word that has the ability to offer us great freedom. It's one word that can take you right where you are, right here, right now, and move you to where God wants you to be, and it'll move you through the most radical, most God-awesome moments in your life that you could ever experience. One word. One word can change the outlook of so many moments you have in life. It can take our pessimistic, because we all know we're there sometimes. My life, my, this situation, my future, what's in front of me, this glass half empty kind of world feeling that we have. And it can take it and make it a catalyst allowing us the goodness of God to infiltrate every area of our lives to the direction that he calls us to. One word. You know what that word is? It's this right here. Maybe. Maybe. And now as I look across the room, you're like, well, that is really underwhelming, Rich. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you're very underwhelmed. You're like, okay, I was looking for something to blow my mind, and that word maybe doesn't fit the bill. You know, we're so used to hearing this word. We've, we've heard it. We've used it, you know, over as long as we could speak, as long as we can hear. But... But because how this word has been used in our lives, it almost always leaves a negative taste in our mouth when it comes out. Think about this. How many times growing up did you hear the word maybe 
and it always turned into a no. As kids, right? For our kids, as parents, we would offer that word maybe to our little children to give them a little bit of hope, only to dash it later on. Why? Because we're in a situation where we didn't want to deal with the outcome of saying no at that moment. It's like, well, maybe. Dad, can we get some ice cream? Maybe. Hey, can we get a puppy? A little puppy, a little puppy. Maybe. Hey, can I go have some friends over? Maybe. You know, all this stuff, maybe and maybe and maybe. And because we've experienced this from childhood in our teens and even adulthood, hey, am I going to be up for this promotion? Maybe. Because we've experienced this all of our lives, maybe has simply come to us a delayed no. A delayed no. To all you parents in the room, I'm so sorry for calling you out this morning. You're going to have to deal with your kids after service. <laughs> but what if this word has the power to influence your life to the greatest kingdom life possible? Let me explain. Maybe defined simply means a possibility. When someone says maybe, it's a possibility. There is a possibility it will happen. A possibility leaves the door open for an opportunity, right? Maybe leaves the door, but a possibility of the door leaves the opportunity. There's a possibility that God is calling you out. There's a possibility God has an opportunity for you to take. There's a possibility, fill in the blank. Maybe gives, means possibility. There, there's an opportunity for God to work. Maybe opens the door to a world and to a life that we can never live in faith, without faith. Maybe faith, here it is. Believing that it may be God until it's proven to be God. Believing that it may be God. There's a chance that God's calling me out until it's proven to be God. Believing, being willing to leave the door open till God shows you it is true. Now, right now, you're open to Genesis chapter 12, a passage of Scripture that we're going to be walking through this morning that illustrates maybe faith in full effect. It's going to show us a guy, someone we have dubbed in the church world as a spiritual giant. God has called him a man of righteousness who is willing to follow God in maybe faith, trusting him at least the possibility this is what God wants him to do. You with me on that? All right, look at this. At Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, we're looking at the very first part of verse 1. It says, And the Lord said to Abram, let's just stop there. And the Lord said to Abram, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how God spoke to Abram, but it had to be something awesome, if you ask me. Because according to Joshua, book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 2, Abram and his family worshiped other gods of different culture. So the fact that God was speaking to him and he was listening is something amazing. This is important for us to grasp. This is important for us to grasp because we live in a world that loves to worship other gods. We live in a world that has a bunch of false gods in a culture that are being worshipped that doesn't make sense. Gods of other religions, made up gods, posters. There are gods that you can buy a poster, you can put it up on a wall and get down and bend and worship a poster 
What is wrong, right? It just doesn't make sense to me. People worship creation. Instead of the creator, they worship creation. That doesn't make sense, right? We have this understanding. Sometimes we're a God of ourselves. We worship ourselves. So the idea, the complexity of false God worship is not new to us. It's been around for a long, long time. And Abram was sitting here in a culture, and God spoke to him, and he was worshiping other gods. And then God throws down this crazy faith request to Abram, and it says, go, and continue reading on. He says, go from your country, your people, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples, all the peoples, on earth we bless through you. Let's stop right there again. Abram, I want you to pack up everything you have and go. He's in the midst of worshiping these other gods, and the one true God speaks into his life. Says, I want you to pack up everything you have, your wife, your cattle, your goats, your, and I want you to take everything you have and move. And he could probably say, where? I don't know. I'm not telling you yet. <laughs> what? Just trust me and go. What? So I think about this. Let's break down what God said to Abram. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave what you know and what you're comfortable with. Friends, faith, stepping out in crazy faith will be uncomfortable. We are creatures of comfort. Everything we do in life is to create more comfort in our lives. We work hard to have more comfort. We, we buy better chairs to have more comfort. Who doesn't love their lazy boy? All the men in the room said amen. Faith. Crazy faith, stepping out and following a crazy, awesome God will be uncomfortable. And then you say, leave your people. Leave your people. You have to leave what is familiar to you. Well, that's what crazy faith will do. Faith will be unfamiliar. It will call us out into areas that we're not comfortable in and we don't fully understand. And he goes on and says, leave your father. Leave your father, which represents provision and protection, right? Father was the patriarch of the family. Take care of everything that's going on. Leave behind all the ways you've been provided for because it's a new season for you. I'm calling you out. Well, faith requires to have new provision knowing what God is calling us to, that he's going to provide for. Now, years ago, <clears throat> years ago, this probably 20, 22, 23 years ago, Steph and I moved to Florida. We had just recently found out, the doctors told us that we couldn't have children. The writing was on a wall that the, where I was working that the job I was going to lose. And I started praying. I said, God, what do you need us to do? What do you need us to do? What do we, where do we need to go? And he says, I'm calling you out. 
I'm calling you out because it's time to get out of this situation. I was also under my dad's shadow. At 28 years old, I still lived in the protection of my father. And he says, it's time for you to build a faith on me alone. So we packed up everything we had and moved 1,250 miles away from everybody we knew. Now, I chose Florida because the Miami Dolphins are there. Why wouldn't you go there? You should pray for my wife. But it's not easy. It was one of the hardest things we had to do. My parents didn't understand. They're like, why, what? I'm like, we need to follow God. And my words to my wife at the time says, I don't know why he's calling us. I don't understand it all. He just says, you need to become your own man with me. And we left. Faith. It would be uncomfortable. It would be unfamiliar spaces and times and people. And we need to trust in new provision. Now, when we got down there, it was only a few short months later, we found out Stephanie was pregnant with our son, Isaac. It's an amazing God, friends. Abraham's family was just doing life. Doing life. And what seemed to come out of nowhere, one true God, God Almighty, steps on the scene and he speaks and he calls him to leave everything he knows to be true into a destinationless journey. And as I read just those few verses, I have to believe the door of maybe was open in Abram's life. Because there's no way if it was shut that he would have been listening and hearing God. So let me ask you, is your door open? Is your door of maybe open? What a sweet reminder for us. Is my door open? Is God calling me something out? And I'm not hearing him because I have shut the door. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be unfamiliar. I love the protection and provision I already have. God say, like, open up, dude. I got a, something more for you. You know, many of us have experienced this in our faith journey with Jesus. God stepped into our world and a point in our lives where we didn't believe or we worship other false gods. And he led us to the cross and the threshold of faith, surrendering our lives to him. At some point, your door of maybe was open. So you could hear the call of God on your life. And you realize there's a hole in your heart. And the only way, the only one who could fill that hole was Jesus. Well, again, it doesn't need to be just that moment. We need to keep, make that a pattern of our life. It needs to be a lifestyle as we walk with Jesus. Keep the door of maybe open and see what God may be calling us to. Amen? So what did Abram do? Look at verse 4. So Abram went. Abram went as the Lord had told him. God called him out, and he went. And so this is what I see in this first point this morning. Faith is moving and allowing God to direct your steps. 
Faith is moving and allowing God to direct your steps. That's what God did. He called Abram out. His door maybe was open. And he allowed God to pull him through and take his first steps. Remember, maybe faith is believing it may be God until it's proven to be God. It's keeping the door open to be curious, just enough for God to work. Baby faith sets the foundation, right? We're depending on God. We're trusting in God. We're, we're asking of God, saying, do you have something more for me in life? Will you work this out of my life? And God's like, yeah. Is your door open? Are you listening? Are you going to take my first steps with me? Because it's much easier to keep us moving than sitting there at rest. And sometimes we get into such a pattern of life that we're sitting at rest. It's so much more comfortable for us to be at rest. But that maybe isn't really an option for us. I mean, if, come on, let's think about this. If we're honest, when it comes to God's call in our lives, we would rather have God pick us up where we are, walk us over, and place us where he wants to be. Facts? Yeah. I don't want to deal with the issue. I don't want to deal with its turning stomach. I don't want to be on my knees. God, can you just pick me up and put me where I want to be? Because that would be so much easier in life. It'd be so much easier for Abram, right? Hey, where are you taking me? I'm going to take you here. What do you want me to do? I'm going to do this. And I'm going to pick you up and put you right there. Boom. Done. Friends, that's not following an almighty, powerful God that's desiring a butler. Right? What is a butler? Think about that. A butler do, does what you tell him. And when it's all done the other side, you feel good about yourself because it's all done. That's what we're asking of God. That's not faith. There was no way for Abram to know 100% certainty that it was God. It was maybe faith that pulled them out. Because maybe faith is when our understanding ends and we just take the steps forward. Newton's law is very, very, very serious. It says an object that stays at rest, an object in rest will stay at rest. An object in motion continues in motion. And we need to get our feet moving. Kick the door open and let God show us what's next. And that leads us to the next point, right? We take our steps forward. And this next point is, our biggest obstacle to faith is not doubt, it's fear. It's not doubt, it's fear. We, we know God, we're learning about God, we trust God, we're depending on God. We know we're, it's not like, okay, well, you can't get it done. We're just so afraid that we don't move forward. Look what happens, look at verse 4 again. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, and there was, Abram was 75 years old, and when he sent out for him, oh, come on, just stop right there. 75 years old, and God's still calling him out. I don't care what, how old you are in this room, child or old, God's still calling you out. Amen? 
He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions that he accumulated and the people they had acquired from Haran, and they set off from the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And if you continue to read through this, you'll see that Abram was following God in his faith journey. God was moving him from place to place over the the land of Canaan, showing this is where you land. This is what I'm going to give you. This is where all your people are going to be. This is where it's going to be awesome. But what happened was a famine took place. And so there wasn't any food for them to eat. So he, Abram turned his whole caravan down and he went into Egypt. And when he was coming into Egypt because they had food, something entered his heart and everything changed. Drop down to verse 11. Look at this. He says he was about to enter Egypt and he said to his wife, I know what a beautiful woman you are. He must have did something wrong the night before. Just joking. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. And they will kill me, but they will let you live. So, you are, um, so say you are my sister. So I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Let's stop there again. Abram feared for his life. He walked into this thing he was providing for his family and he feared for his life and he lied. He told his bride to lie. He feared for his life, even though, even though the God had told him, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to do some amazing things for you. You and your family and your descendants are going to be a blessing for all people. And fear quenched that. It shut it down. Fear, friends, is a liar. This may be hard to hear, but fear makes you a liar. It makes me a liar. Because we say we believe in an all-powerful God. We say we believe a God of anything is possible. We say uh, he can save my soul for all eternity. He has the best plan for my life. Whoever, he set me free. But because we are afraid, we're scared, we made ourselves out to be a liar because we don't step into what God is calling us to. That just got real. Fear stops us in our tracks from doing what God wants to do in our lives. The scripture goes on and says the Egyptians saw Sarah's beauty and they brought her to Pharaoh, and he, wanted, he went to make her one of his wives, and he spared, not only did he spare Abram's life, he treated Abram with like royalty, he gave Abram gifts, he gave him animals, and he gave him maidservants and manservants. Everything on the outside looked absolutely beautiful, like my plan is working out. And then if you continue reading on, it says that God brought a serious disease among Pharaoh's family, among his palace. And Pharaoh came and goes, why did you do this to me? Why did you lie? Why did you bring it upon me? And Pharaoh gave back Sarah, said, listen, take your wife. And he sent Abram on his way. Here's the reality. Faith not only brings false security, it hurts. I mean, fear not only brings false security, it hurts others. When we don't move forward because of fear, we sit back and think, well, we're all good. Everything is fine. 
The reality, it's not fine. It's a false sense of security. You're not doing, stepping in what God's called you to do. You're not in his will for your life. And when we're not in his will for our lives, man, we end up hurting other people around us. Fear blinds us from the presence of God. It takes our eyes off the king of kings and places them squarely on what's in front of us that consumes our attention and crushes the world of possibility. Maybe is no longer an option. So friends, if we were to stop right here, right now, and we start listing all the possibilities that God is calling you out, things that God's been speaking to you, where do you sit? Do you sit in a place of faith? Or do you sit in a place of fear? When your head hits the pillow at night and everything starts going through your mind, what side does it lay on? Faith or fear? When you're reading his word, church, Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. When you're reading his word or talking through a prayer and God reveals the next step for your life, what is your first reaction? You're like, no way. What? Or as I believe in my God, I trust in my God, and I'm going to step forward in this maybe faith with my God. See, here's the beauty of this. As followers of Jesus, we've been given the game changer. Jesus says, if I don't go, the one who needs to come won't come. So Jesus left. And as followers of Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives. Right? The positive, the guarantee what is to come. Our counselor, our advocate. And he's walking with us. And as we step forward in maybe faith, we need to realize it's not us that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. We're not moving in our own strength thinking we're all that in a bag of chips. No. The Spirit of God is working this. In fact, Paul, who was talking to Timothy, a pastor in the church of Ephesus, he calls him out. Look at what he says. Look what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, For the Spirit of God gave us, doesn't make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We have everything we need in the Holy Spirit to step into what God is calling us to. That word timid means lack of strength, lack of mental or moral courage or strength. The strength to step forward is not of you, it's found in you. And every day we have a choice. Every day, we have a choice. What are we going to focus on, the fear or the faith? And that fear starts brewing itself. What are we going to lean into? Think about how many times God has been calling you out, and you've been, you've been to the ledge, and you're like, you get so afraid to take that next step, and you start wanting to take a step back, but you feel someone just pushing you like, no, no, don't go that way. Don't do it. Just trust me. That's the spirit of God within you.
Scripture says don't quench the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he needs to be alive and active in our lives. So we're moving forward. And when he says, I want you to do this, you're like, whoo, say, poof. At some point, you may not even understand why you've been pushing forward and why you leaned forward and why you took that first step. But what? As the Spirit of God and the door of maybe was open and we're taking a step of huge faith. Crazy faith. And the last part is simply this. Maybe faith starts at 51%. 51%. You're like, Rich, it doesn't make sense. Hear me out. I believe the word God calls us to a place of 51%. It's faith that points to God, opens a door in our lives, we keep it open to amazing promises, what he's calling us to. I get it, it's, it'd be so much easier and it's awesome when we have moments where you can jump in like it's 95%. Okay, yeah, I'm almost positive it's there, so now I'm gonna take a step forward. What about 75%? Okay, there's a little bit of doubt, but I'm still gonna go into there. But is it 51%? What are we gonna do? All right, we need to be at 51%. If we can take God at his word, we can trust him, we talk to him, and we decide that we fear won't rule our lives, if, we, if the door of possibility is open, then we need to take that first amazing step. An amazing step is 51% because that 1%, hear me in this, that 1% is powerful in your life because at 49 or 59%, 49 or 50%, you're still in control. At 49 or 50%, you can still doubt. You can be like, ha, ah, see ya, dude. I'm not following you. But at 51%, you're giving God the authority in your life. You're giving him the possibility. The door is open to this amazing life with Jesus Christ. 1% can change everything. It gives God the final decision Malcolm Gladwell wrote in his book called The Tipping Point. He says this on the screen. The tipping point is that magic moment when an idea, a trend, or social behavior crosses a threshold. It tips and spreads like wildfire. Now, this is not a religious book or uh, a Christian book, but it's still absolutely true. 51% is a tipping point in your life. 49, 50 means you're still in control. And what we need to figure out this morning is what is it going to take to tip our lives? What is it going to take for us to go to that 51%? Because at 51%, the door opens. 50%, you still hold the door shut and you've got the lock and you hold the key. What is going to be the tipping point in your life? What is it going to take for you to step forward in the maybe, allowing God to show you what's next? See, this is the beauty of this. I don't have to know what it takes for you. You do. 
God does. You need to let him show you. And you need to be courageous enough to take it. Faith is very, very personal. So this week, I want you to talk to him. If we're depending on him and trusting him, ask him. That baby faith step, ask him. So God, where am I sitting at 50%? Where is my door of maybe closed? Will you show me how to open it? What is it going to take to trust you? All authority in my lives, in my life to follow you. And maybe this morning you're in this room and that 51%, that 1% is you giving your life to Jesus. You've been hearing about this Jesus. People invite you this morning because they love Jesus. Faith starts when our understanding ends. And maybe that understanding for you is taking that step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know. God does. And if your door is open this morning, he'll tell you. And you have to decide what you're going to do. I'm going to shrink back in fear. Or am I going to step forward in faith? Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for the life of Abram. Thank you, Lord, that you called him out and he is willing to go. I can only imagine what you're saying to the people in front of me to the people who are going to listen to this message online, what you want to do in their lives. Actually, I can't imagine. So whatever it is, Lord, I pray this morning, whoever's door is shut, whoever's sitting at 50% faith, will open it up and let you work. And if they're afraid, that's okay. But do not let the fear hold them captive. Right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. And maybe this morning is the time to share what's been going on in your heart. Share what's been going on in your life. Share where you've been shutting the door on God and you need your brothers and sisters in Christ to help you open it up, kick it open, blow it open. Whatever it needs to happen, man, we are a family and we walk through life together. Come up and be prayed with, prayed for. Let the power of the Holy Spirit do something in your life. Open our ears. Open our hearts. Maybe, maybe you're in this room and you got to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're like, okay, I need to do this today. I need to give him my life. Come forward. Our prayer team would love nothing more to walk you across the threshold from death to life. We believe in the power of prayer and believe what God can do in your life.
what he wants to do. Father, lift us to you. Because you're perfect in every way. You're holy. You know the beginning and the end. You are present. We sang this morning. You're always present. We love you, we worship you. In your son's name, amen. God bless you, have an amazing week.